You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. We are the Elsers. Hello and welcome to Elsers, a production of Galactic Network. I'm Gregor Sprague and joining me is Corey Scott. And real quick before we get started, for all info on this show, including show notes and subscription links, go to elsnerds.com. And for other Galactic Network programs, go to gncast.com. And on Elsnerds, we tend to shoot our mouths off without thinking, so we will both spoil things and swear liberally. You have yep, It's kind of like, it's, it's like Doritos that crunch, apparently not for everybody. Uh... <laughs> So, okay, because I was, coincidentally enough, while doing my running arounds today, because today was supposed to be my day off, but uh, someone called off at work, so yeah, I got five extra, or five and a half extra hours, um, and they were talking about this on Tuesday's episode of the Morning Stream, which I was listening to today. Um, I need an article to support this, because I'm like, wait, what, really? How dumb can the Doritos executive be or the Pepsi executive be about a crunchless Dorito that leaves less powder? I I believe that is called the Doritos Locos taco shell uh, because that's exactly what that is. It doesn't crunch. It's basically just powder. It just falls apart around your your taco fixings. Man, that's the thing is that there's always somebody in a room coming up with just the stupidest ideas, hoping one of them clicks and and they can market it to to somebody. It it it, it it's not surprising. It's just so yeah. weird how they try to break it up by gender, by by perfectly obscure reasoning. It's like men and women are, are different, so we have to find a way to appeal more to women because women apparently don't eat Doritos. Meet my fucking wife sometime. My wife loves the Doritos. The the, yeah, the I mean, women that I hang out with on on Fridays for our, our gaming group love junk food as much as anybody else. It's not all that they eat. Um, so if you're looking for the person who is just captured and wrapped and surrounded by Doritos bags and little Debbie, then now I'm talking about myself. Um, <laughs> that, that's fine, but it's it. You can't market something like a snack food based off of gender it's that's the part that's dumb i would say if you <clears throat> know honestly and this is not a part of the sh- part of the show if they wanted to market it more towards women maybe don't have featuring prolifically until the the super bowl came this past week um a commercial where you have a dude who's you know reads a sign that says don't play fetch with a dog and then you know he gets a dorito chip then he gets a whole bag and he's in the middle of asking for a bare naked lady because he sees this supermodel on, you know, on a magazine cover and ends up getting a bear. Maybe do something that's not super like clearly one gender's favored here and stuff, but I don't know. I mean that that's presumes me. that, that that presumes that there aren't women Dorito eaters out there who also wouldn't like to have a supermodel brought to them by a magic dog. It well, yes, you're right. The the ads the ads lean kind of sexist already as it is and uh and that's that's itself its own separate problem is is marketing is rough you know but i can't point fingers because 
I, I'm subjected to it and I enjoy a lot of it. I don't enjoy all of it. I think that there's certainly stuff that I'm like, that's really stupid. GoDaddy for years was something that I could never support because their ads were just the fucking worst. Uh, <laughs> and, and they just like to pile on top of it and pile on top of it. Yet I crack the fuck up when I see the little uh, Jack in the Box puppet sitting there talking to the guy. They're obviously both getting stoned in the guy's basement. And and the guy's like, what do you want to do? He's like, I don't know. Look at pictures of your sister. I, I laughed my ass off at that. And then they had the other one where the actual Jack in the Box dude is sitting there in the office room and they do this commercial and it's back and forth. And he just kind of looks at the screen. and goes, this is the worst commercial ever. And then the two women that are there in the room with them say, well, we could kiss like, yes, absolutely sexist over the top. Like, I can't believe they did that in Jack in the Box commercial. But because I can't believe they did that in Jack in the Box commercial, I thought it was the funniest fucking thing in the world. That was a short lived ad, but I loved yeah. it. So I'm, I'm not above any of this. I, I just do think that, that there's someone who says we can't market to men the same way that we market to women. It's not we should start marketing our products differently. It's, oh, we should make different products that women like more, even though there doesn't seem to be any research in the fact that who wants a fucking dead chip? I don't know. Uh, Beats bringing up the Martin Luther King uh, car commercial. I didn't see it. I can definitely understand why people are bothered by it. It's a weird thing to choose, but it's it's kind of like the first time I saw Nike use the Beatles revolution uh, in a in an ad, and it was just, holy shit. You know, we fucking we fucking lost the Beatles to ad jingles now. And I, I believe that was because it was owned by uh, Michael Jackson uh, in concession with Yoko Ono or something. But it was just like, really, this is this is where we're at. And that was kind of like the, the day the music died to me uh, as, as a kid in the 80s. So like there were some good Super Bowl, Super Bowl ads that I did not watch the Super Bowl to see. The best one, obviously, was the the Tide commercials. Uh, those were terrific. The David Harbor ones, where everything is a Tide ad, uh, and then they involved the guy from the uh, Old Spice commercials from a few years ago. That was that was terrific. That was great marketing because one, I love when when other advertisers will get in bed with each other, like well, when were, they did the Got Milk all... ad with the Tricks Rabbit. Yeah, uh, but they're all owned by the same company. You're right, but I still I dig that a lot. And just in general, they were. They were fun. They were funny. They were for everybody. You know, that that's the kind of thing that I go for way more than this disingenuous bullshit that seems to seep out because, well, we're we're playing to guys who watch sports. So uh, here's some boobs. You know, it's like, yeah, we get it, man. But maybe maybe realize that guys are not the only ones who are watching sports. Like maybe they're maybe they're at least there are wives in the room with them. Or there are women watching sports because I know that that's a fact too. Uh, without any men around, women actually watch sports and enjoy it for their own fucking reasons. And and you can make some pitches to them also. Mm, you know, try it sometime. And and anybody who wants a, a dead Dorito chip, enjoy. Or just fucking leave them out. Leave the bag open for a couple of days. You got it. <laughs> Yeah. You absolutely have it. And then you can fucking put it into potato soup. It won't add any texture, but it'll taste like shit. Or just order anything from Taco Bell and just get it over with. Man, I... So, in the Taco Bell app, because uh, I'm a fat man, 
you can you can special order your shit. Have the Taco Bell app. I mean, let's be oh, honest yeah, yeah. here. Yeah, or do it on the on, on the website. So you can order your your shit. The reason why I order stuff through the Taco Bell app is because I'm picky like a motherfucker about stuff that's that's genuinely killing me. Um, but I I have my my <laughs> desires of like I don't like your nacho cheese. I think it's shit. Uh, I just want regular cheese instead. I know it's going to be an upcharge of 30 cents for some fucking reason to trade cheese for cheese, but I'm going to pay it. But so I order stuff through the app so that I don't have to sit and explain to somebody in a drive through situation for like 20 minutes what the fuck I want. No, it's it's all printed up. And then I still go and I support the fucking place by going through the drive through anyway. So people don't have to lose their fucking jobs. But it's just it's it's a it's a kindness. It is a kindness for them. It's a, it's a kindness for me. So they don't fuck up my shit. So one of the things that Taco Bell has that I enjoy is the double-decker taco. I also enjoy the Doritos Locos tacos to a certain degree, but I don't understand why with all the fucking variations I can do, and it actually lets me choose this, but then it just pisses all over my selection. Why can't I get the Doritos Locos taco shell inside the double-decker taco so at least that extra layer of a fucking flour tortilla will hold my goddamn taco together so i get the taste of the Ritos locos but i don't have a fucking pit stain on my fucking plate of like what this is supposed to be like i want to i want to actually pick up and chew my food not just have it all fall in front of me like a fucking old person in a uh, i fell and i can't get up commercial like i i believe that that Fucking the I'm not saying the customer's always right, but in this case, just fucking try it. I'm paying the extra 50 cents. Give me what I'm asking for. No. All right. Fine. Fuck you, Taco Bell. How are you, Gregor? I'm doing pretty good. I got as people can see if they're watching the video, which you absolutely need to do over at um, you know, you on our YouTube channel here. Um I've got new furniture and stuff. I got a new dresser, a new desk, which you can't see because it, the computer is on the desk, obviously, and a new computer chair, which you can see when I tur when I lean away. Sort of, it's behind me. It's a nice, comfy computer chair, to be honest. The only problem I have is my ass is too fat for it. <laughs> um, it's 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 one of those gamer chairs. Um, but it's still it's not like so uncomfortable. I'm like, oh my butt, you know. Um, and then I actually wall mounted my TV. So, hey, there's, I mean, it looks, honestly, it looks really cool. Like, my, my room, I sent pictures to you guys in Slack, and I'll probably put them, put them up on uh, Instagram. Like, my room feels more adult. Now, ignore the fact that the, um, yes, and this is a Spider-Gwen. It's not a swim cap. It's like a, there's, it's just a really long thing, and it's just sort of styled like a beanie sort of right now sorry man it's like garly bear um but if you ignore the fact that my bookshelf the top two shelves are i want to make sure the third one wasn't um or is just full of toys and you know collectibles and stuff like that and then the other three are filled with books and or comic books yeah i'm not exactly a full-on grown-up but hey it's a step closer than what it was before well keep in mind that uh comic books aren't written for kids anymore they are written for uh, 40 year olds who live in their parents basement still according to i don't know people who work at marvel because marketing <laughs> uh yeah um, they're, they're still written for people my age like as i keep getting older and older i keep thinking i'm gonna fucking age out of comics and i my personal tastes have but it, it, it seems like 
I'm still the the demographic that that comics that superhero comics are shooting for, which is really funny because uh, I haven't been the demographic for for like MTV for about 30 years. And and it shows like every time I, I, I've tried to tune in just once, like, let's see what MTV's doing these days. Oh, yeah. fuck that. And and click right past. And and then I go to the VH1. And the VH1's like, no, we don't even give a shit about you anymore, sir. Go see if you can find an old Queen concert over on uh, AXS or whatever. Uh, but but comics just keep like ignoring the youth except dc and i want to say something about this i know it's not even one of our stories but but dc's got these two new imprints they're doing uh one's called ink uh although it it looks sort of like it says oink and uh i forget what the other one is uh dink maybe i don't know one is for for younger kids and then one is for kind of like tweens on up uh Mm -hmm. but they they've got two new imprints of comic books that are pitched towards younger readers and i am so proud of dc for this yeah because that's what i've I've been begging for for years i i I know i talked about on a a comic show that we used to do that uh, we don't do that anymore um i had a kid who came in well a mom came in for her her son her son loved Wonder Woman. This is before the Wonder Woman movie was out. There was the Wonder Woman cartoon that uh, movie that uh, Carrie Russell was in. And he had seen that and he loved it. And she's like, I want to find him Wonder Woman comics. And this is this golden opportunity to get this kid who who's not read comics before into this this whole thing. And there were no comics that were age appropriate for this kid. And I just felt so terrible about that. Of all characters, there should be a Wonder Woman comic that's all ages. And and for the last few years, I've struggled with that fact. Like that particular moment really opened my eyes above so much other stuff. Uh, thank you, Beat. It's uh, DC Inc. and DC Zoom. Uh, I just, I didn't understand. And I'm I really want to see that corrected because, man, I'm, even if I, I still had disposable income, and I don't, uh you were talking about your new furniture in your room my room here is filled with firewood and accelerants just and hope just yeah. like the the complete abandonment of of giving a shit anymore and just like strike me lord strike me down uh but like if i if i still had the income to buy comics i can only go so far and i am literally a doritos locus taco away from death at any given moment uh, I'm just going to keel over. And then who's going to buy your shitty ass Avengers book, Mark Wade? Like nobody. Cause, cause you, you haven't made it available to the next generation. You haven't enticed them in, uh, part of its cost. But part of it is just because it's this bullshit, like fucking wall up of you're not, you're not who we care about, you know? Well, maybe you, you fucking should, maybe you open up a little bit more. And, and I, I think it's weird that a company that is owned by Disney that has built their entire fucking business for the last 10 years about trying to appeal to adolescent boys because they could only ever feel like they were appealing to adolescent girls. Again, I watched a shit ton of Disney movies growing up. I never felt like I was being gender miscategorized or something. I was just like, this is a good fucking movie. I like these cartoons. Hercules was fucking cool. Uh, Like, if you have these fucking Marvel comics, why can you not make them age appropriate for the audience that you claim that you want 
uh, it's weird. It's a little dumb. So DC's putting their fucking money where their mouth is. Now they're doing a lot of other imprints. They're doing Brian Bendis bullshit. Uh, not, not technically bullshit. I'm just saying bullshit because I don't know what it fucking is yet. Uh, they've got the young animal stuff. They've got uh, this this shit rolling out from metal uh, that 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 uh, heroes from Marvel that we put a DC mask on. Uh, all that stuff. That, that that's all well and good, but it is more of the same. Like young animals, a, a weirder imprint but it's it's kind of like a a cool modern vertigo um with with dc mainstream universe shit but this is different and and dc's tried stuff like this before they did the minx line uh years ago and and, and marvel tried it with tsunami but tsunami while it had runaways and sentinel did also have like more adult books that were based around venom and mystique uh and emma frost and emma frost was just like uh low cut everything on every cover by Greg land, because that's all they know how to draw because he only watches porn. Uh, well, here's so uh, on this too, and we might as well just make it the first news story because I'm trying to transition into news, but it's really hard and all that. Um, but the, the other part with this, with both ink and zoom is they're not traditional comic books. They are graphic novels. Right. They're Which doing, is another huge yeah, move. They're they're doing the um the uh European version where they don't they do more of the collections, you know it's more of the graphic novel stuff, original graphic novels than the single floppy issues. Um but so here's the um from uh and this is we have links to their show notes. Um the titles from the and creators for DC Inc., which is the young adult line. You have uh, Batman Gotham High, which they could have just honestly done Gotham Academy, in my in my opinion on there, done by Melissa Dela Cruz. Um, she did Alex and Eliza Blue Blood series, uh, Witches of East End series, um, Batman Nightcrawler the gra- or Nightwalker the graphic novel, um, done by Mary Lou, which I think she might have written the book that this is based off of. Um, Teen Titans done by Cami Garcia, um, Under the Moon, a Catwoman tale done by Lauren, uh, Miracle, and then One Room and Tempest Tossed by Lori, uh, Hulse Anderson. The other part of that, that you can point out all of all, all those women that I, or all them that I just mentioned are as far as I know, women. I mean, as like from looking at this, I'm like, it sounds like women and not, which is really cool. Um, Oh, the Zoom are the more, they say more middle school focused, but you got uh, Batman Tales, Once Upon a Crime, uh, writer and artist is Derek uh, Fidroffs, uh, and then Dustin Nguyen. Ooh, oh, God Dustin damn Nguyen. They got, they got me with that one. Son of yeah. a bitch. Um, Batman Overdrive uh, by Shea Fontana, who's on the DC Superhero Girl series. Canary Ignite, Dear Justice, or done by uh, Meg uh, Cabot. Uh, Dear Justice League, done by Michael Northrup. Green Lantern Legacy, done by Min Lee. Super Sons, done by Ridley Pearson. Superman of Smallville, writer and oh, there we go. I was wait. I was going to ask you, where's the art? The art and Frank, or you know, the Frank on Baltazar one. And Superman of, of Smallville, writer and artist Art Baltazar and Franco, who did Tiny Titans, and then um, Superman smashes the clan. Um, done by Gene Yang, Avatar Last Airbender series, New Superman, 
it will be released as periodical. So this is going to be the one that's comp- traditional comic book done, from what it sounds like. Um, but yeah, so I mean, this honestly sounds really cool with how, um, with how this you know could very well be going about. You know, yeah, Marvel when they involved a bunch of. I I don't want to just emphasize that they are female creators, but that was kind of what they were bringing in. They also brought in female creators who had very specific styles um, to work on a bunch of their books. Uh, And it was, it was kind of, it was something that was over a few years, but I remember seeing it in uh, a Hellcat book and then kind of built up from there. when we got things like uh, Gwenpool and uh, the squirrel girl series and a bunch of other things. And now a lot of the, backlash from traditional marvel fans was that they didn't like this stuff being mixed in with their their hardcore marvel superheroes as they knew them and that was also at the same time that we were seeing a lot of characters get replaced uh i i i don't want to give too much agreement to to what they were saying because the the reaction is just dumb. Uh, if if you already weren't reading a Gwenpool comic, there was nothing forcing you to read a Gwenpool comic. Yes, the character was in continuity with the other characters and stuff, but you you could still just kind of mostly ignore what was going on over in this other section. But because it it bled into their world, and because uh, Cap's a Nazi, which is you know let's face it, fucking dumb. Uh, then then they just felt like, oh well, Marvel doesn't understand or, or care about its original fans, and these new fans uh, aren't going to keep them afloat. And and so you get some Marvel executives saying, yeah, the the backlash was to all of our our social justice warriorship, which is not remotely true. But for some people, it was. It gave them validation that I don't think was deserved. Um, so what I like about DC Inc. is that it's taking a lot of maybe similar types of creators, but it's giving them an imprint and it's also making it aimed at an audience who would probably enjoy that type of work more. Instead of sticking a Gwenpool in the midst of a universe that's built, like I said earlier, for fucking 40-year-olds and 50-year-olds who've been reading comics for 30 or 40 years. It's aimed at new readers, young readers, uh, people who have different aesthetics, people who've been watching things like Adventure Time and Teen Titans Go and uh, all the other stuff on Cartoon Network and are looking for that next thing to go on to. It's applying it to the right audience. And and that's where the I think the breakdown was, is that Marvel mm-hmm. made some very good books and it had some very, very good creators making those books. But the audience that they were trying to build di- did not have a very inviting experience coming into the mainstream Marvel Universe uh, and dealing with the other mainstream Marvel fans, uh, which, again, a select group of Marvel fans, not all Marvel fans. Yeah. So the other part here to point out is um because there's two articles that i'm jumping back and forth between both of them from newsarama um the other one uh is talking more about superman smashes the clan which is they're guessing because we're not going to know anything because they're not going to be released until fall but they're guessing it relates to the real story of superman uh the superman radio show raising awareness and opposition to the ku klux klan in the 1940s and this is written 
This is written by Jean uh, Luen Liang, who's doing Justice League of China and the new Superman uh, books right now. The other cool part about this is DC Zoom, which is the middle school geared um, books, will feature soft covers and will cost $9.99 for 128 pages. Right, um, a really good entry point price yeah. to get in that new reader. Again, not it's it's not like it's not costly. It, it's still ten bucks for for a book for a generation that a lot of people claim don't read. Uh, but it's the right price to get people. You you hand that to your parents if it's in a place where parents are going to see it with their kids. Yes. Uh, that's the other thing is it's got to be marketed more than just uh, mainstream comic stores. Although I I love my local comic shops all over the the world um if you don't have that audience already coming into your shop there's no way to get this product in their hands true uh so it it kind of makes sense that you got to get this product in a place where those customers already are well when i was a kid it was 7-eleven you know but or 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 drugstores and stuff i don't think kids are going into those places that much anymore so So, where would you find them so hold on, let me let me ask you this because the other side, on the other side, DC Inked, which is the uh, what's more high schooler focused um, line, they're as they say, young adults. Um, those ones are going to be 120 or 192 pages for 16.99. So that sounds about the traditional uh, graphic novel price right now. And page size, <clears throat> you get those a lot at Barnes and Nobles, don't you? Right. Like at you know Barnes and Noble, and then like because they're not. They're Excuse they're me. not published. What is this Barnes and Noble? Is this some sort of uh, knighthood? Uh, I, I I don't understand. You also get them, and if you say if you say if you go in that route, I I will flip you off. You also get them at Target, where and now see yeah. that's what I was going for. Yeah. Is that Target is a place where parents shop at Target? They they often bring their kids with them to Target, and and Target has things for both adults and kids. If you can get them in their hands there, if you can get the kids to say, hey, I want this book, you know, and it's instead of the noise making thing over here, then, yeah, yeah. that that's a very good possibility. A now, Target, a, a Walmart, a Meyer. Now, hold on, hold on. Let me ask you this, because this is where I was leading to with it, um, because I, I know Barnes and Noble has them. My Target that I work at, since we are a smaller Target. Right now, the only well, actually, no, we have them in the back. We have the first volumes of a few of the rebirth titles, but then the one that's prominently placed on the shelf, and I, I fucking hate it, is um, Killing Joke. We have you know, Killing Joke is in the book section and all that stuff, but it's you know, shrink, it's it's uh, got the plastic wrap on it, so the kids can't just sit there and flip through it. Um, because but, that always stops a kid who's sitting there in an aisle with their parents, like, look, I need to go buy some fucking yeah. milk. And uh, when you're not oh, looking, my no, cigarette. No. <laughs> so can you just sit here and read? For... Cigarettes, by the way, I know they don't. That's what I'm saying. Is the parents leave? Uh, you, you can you just sit here and read and give mommy a fucking break for ten minutes, and then the kid's like, "Sure, I can read." Oh, what's this thing over here that's all wrapped up? Like I'm not supposed to see it. I desperately need to see it now. Fortunately, plastic. Uh, is very easy to get through. Okay, okay, I hate to poke holes in your analogy here. Oh uh, no, they're poking holes through the fucking cover of the. No, no, book. no, not the kids. Because at least in my target and the targets that I've been in, there's 
this section that's right next to where the books and movies are at. Tell me it's the restrooms. No, no, that's at the other end of the store. But I, I get plenty of people asking. But it's called the electronics department where they have all the Bluetooth speakers that you can, you know, you can sit there and press a button and you can hear, you know, 30 seconds of an Ed Sheeran song or, um, oh, I don't even know who that was. This is where I break out in the old man because I don't have half the clue of what the songs are playing on there. Um, or then they go a little further and there's a, a Nintendo Switch Live demo. So right. why would they go to that those books and read and expand their imagination when they can go over here and be, and just push all the buttons and piss off the people who are in the electronics department? Well, because like it that. depends. It depends on the person. It as a, certainly I like electronics and I liked electronics as a kid, but I also loved reading. I loved comics. It, yeah, you're going to find the person who is like, I'm here to start shit. Uh, or there's the other kid who's like, I'm here because I'm stuck here, but, oh, cool. I like to read. I want to pick this thing up. You, you still, you can't sell something to somebody who doesn't want it. Um, yeah. But it, it's it's putting it there for the audience and making it for the audience and not fucking putting mature so, reader shit where kids should be. Well, it's okay. So it, with ours, with how it's set up, it is on a top shelf, but whatever. That's not the point I was trying to make. Top shelf um, is completely different publisher. I think you got that wrong. Yeah. Okay. What I was trying to ask is are graphic novels published through Diamond or is it a different distributed through Diamond, you mean? Uh, distributed through Diamond, yeah. Uh odds are that they will be distributed through Diamond. It doesn't mean that Diamond has to be the only distributor, but it sounds like they already have distribution set up if they're yeah. getting other DC material in the stores now. What what happened to the newsstand market is that newsstands used to be the, the very popular distribution there was that was kind of like everybody would have comics. Uh, that's why my 7-Eleven had them. That's why your, your yeah. drugstore, Safeways, all that stuff would have them. The party stores all had the spinner rack. And it wasn't like an exact thing. Like I would go in and sometimes a title would just not show up one month and i i'd be like well but where's my my x-men and i have to go and search for it another couple stores um because it wasn't like a collector's market it was a reader's market but the thing with uh newsstand distribution one the the paper was very cheap uh, but all comics were at that point we didn't get to prestige comics until later on uh, it was disposable income stuff like when i was buying comics as a kid they were 35 cents uh, and then they were, very quickly went up. But newsstand distributors were kind of like booksellers in that when you hit the end of life, you could return the product. But you didn't return the whole product. You tore off the cover mm -hmm. and sent the cover back in to get credit. And then you were supposed to the, destroy the, the comics that you had. It was supposed to save you on the shipping as the small uh, store. Uh, versus the distributorship but it was a loss for these companies like oh yeah we sent out a million and a half comics but we got back five hundred thousand covers so that means they didn't sell and so we have to refund that money for them uh in which cases a lot of times they would still like you go into a second hand shop and find all the comics without the front covers on them uh sold at a, a complete discount but it still meant that someone made money along the way uh that they shouldn't have and and bookstores did that too so with the distribution system for comic shops, 
uh, through Diamond, uh, Capital City was another one. Uh, there were a few Heroes World. They didn't have that returnability. And so it became you had to order the stuff for your store and be pretty accurate on what you were getting that it was going to sell through. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck with product. Now, at the point in time when comics kept going up and up and up in price uh, for for them being out for a while, the collectability market, that was fine. It's like, oh, I can't sell X-Men 163, all the copies I got right now. But in two years, suddenly X-Men 163 is worth five dollars as opposed to the 80 cents that it was when i got it at cover price like people spend more for it now and they'll get the bag and board and, and the collector's market made it work when the collector's market crashed distribution had already changed because we got rid of all the competition for distribution so diamond didn't give a shit and uh the retailers just like well like i can't sell these thousand copies of spawn number one that i have they're just sitting here in fucking boxes, taking up space. So they cost me in both like the room that I have to bring in other comics. And I, I, I put money into them that they're fucking worthless. Yeah, that's exactly it. And so it it put all the onus on the retailer. Yeah. And uh, and I'm not saying one is right and one is wrong because the returnability, that's that's a big cost to companies like marvel that used to sell a million issues of a comic and now are lucky to sell in the 20 or thirty thousand of a of a comic but it is a when it comes to this new stuff if they're going to try to go for a different market a different audience the rules are going to have to be looked at they're going to have to be a little bit more flexible i think also the big thing of this is that i think all of these things have to come out digitally at the same time uh, yeah, these graphic think, novels are going to have to come out as a digital brand because that's where you're going to get more eyeballs in it, as long as they know to look for it. It's, it's yeah. still my problem with digital is that who's advertising the stuff? Like, how are you who's selling there? to people who have no idea to go look for these comics online? No, yeah, definitely. And I post in there because, you know, I just did a search for comics on target.com. There's a lot in there, like enough, and and I was hoping that one of them, you know, if I clicked on there, it would say the vendor because that's one of the things that I can look at when I scan an item. Um, which, if I happen to see a book, I might actually do it because I th I think it might be through another another book, like a separate book vendor who sends us all of our books, and not just you know like just comic books or anything like that. But it's I don't know. It's weird. I, I love this idea because and, and I, I honestly I wish Marvel Marvel would do the same thing. You know And Marvel but, may, but Marvel Marvel's under new leadership right now. Yeah. They've got a new editor in chief uh person in place. A, a lot of changes are just now starting to leak out and, and I, I believe that that is something that they will probably be looking at. And I, I believe also that it's something that Disney is going to expect them to look at. And that may be why the the editor in chief that was there for the last ten years is not there anymore. Yeah, um, it's think, because they need to make these changes, and that wasn't the right person to go with this new direction. Yeah. Now, real quick, and I I do mean real quick, because this is a perfect segue to our other two stories that we got here. Um, because Disney actually has, still has licensed out their other characters to. 
IDW and a few other publishers, do you think that this is something that they would, that once they, like they would almost do a test like the DC, like um, the Marvel equivalent of DC zoom and DC Inc where it's just the Marvel characters before they then go, okay, the Disney comics are coming back to Marvel. <sighs> Since they're just now announcing some of the Disney characters that they're licensing at the people, I, I just don't know that Marvel has the talent to focus on these types of books right now. Mm -hmm. They haven't harvest, harvested that kind of talent, whereas other companies have the ability to do that. If you look at a, a, a boom, you look at the books that Boom's putting out, they are the right kind of people to do those kinds of books. They were doing them before, and that's kind of what led to them getting to the other stuff they're doing now. Uh, Dark Horse is a little more interesting because I haven't seen that kind of stuff come out from Dark Horse other than Little Hellboy uh, by uh, Art and Franco. But again, because Dark Horse is a smaller company that can focus in on things a little bit better, and because they're a great company to work for, I've heard so many creators love working for Dark Horse uh, over time, they can put in on it. Marvel's struggles right now are making Marvel Comics sell. Yeah. I, I think that is the right move for them is to understand what's been going wrong in in, in their sales and, and how to course correct because they do have incredibly popular characters. You know, 15 years ago, I wouldn't have said that I would be too worried that Iron Man wasn't a number one selling book, that uh, Captain America or Avengers weren't number one selling books. But now, with 10 years of these films and the popularity and the name recognition, why are those titles struggling so badly? Yeah. Why are X-Men titles struggling so badly when X-Men was the biggest cash cow, not just at Marvel, but anywhere? for 20 something years uh to to see this happening there is a lot fundamentally wrong with with marvel's creative output currently and i don't say that to to piss on any creators it's just that the directions that the the whole company has chosen going for for their publishing seems to have landed them in a tough spot uh one that i'm sure that they can get back from but that's that's where they need to concentrate on. So I think licensing these things out instead of trying to create a new section of Marvel to do them, that's just spreading themselves too thin at, yeah. at this point in time. Maybe someday. But I, I, I agree with you. Those properties need to exist because it's just leaving money on the table and it's leaving properties to stagnate so that they go out of the public eye and... You know, you have to fight to get them to come back and be relevant again. You know, one thing that I know a lot of people aren't happy with the new direction of the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon that they've announced with all the turtles being different types of turtles and it just animation is very different. But TMNT has reinvented itself every couple of years since it, it got its first cartoon, since it's got it, its first movie. Uh once it hit the mainstream, it did everything it could to keep hit in the mainstream in one form or another. Uh, staying in the the public eye is huge. You know, it may not always be the most popular. It may go through phases where it disappears for a year or two, but then they come back and they do some uh, Bay-esque shit films. But, you know, people 
saw them. They may not have loved them. They may not have been as popular as they expected, but they got a sequel. Those things, they, they've been announcing all week that the first movie is going to be a Nickelodeon tonight. Uh, it's a special Nickelodeon event. Like, I don't know how fucking special it is. It's from five years ago and nobody wanted to see it then. But sure, you know, you go, Nick. Um, but people still are talking about TMNT in one way or another or recognize the property. Uh, you compare that to a Darkwing Duck or a Rescue Rangers uh, or even a Muppets. You know, the Muppets tried to give it another go in the last couple of years. They had the, the one movie come out and then they have the sequel come out and I didn't hear much about the sequel and they had the TV show and the TV show didn't quite work. Um, again, maybe because they aimed it towards adults more than they did kids. Um, and it, I feel like Muppets is one of those things like Warner Brothers cartoons where it needs to walk the line and be for both. Uh, you just have to know how to handle that kind of uh, writing. Um, TMNT I think has managed to maintain a semblance of recognition that Disney and Marvel could learn from. You have to kind of look at giving these properties the best opportunities that you can. And sometimes you, you say in-house is the best place for this. And sometimes you say in-house is definitely the wrong place for this. And you, you lend it out to someplace else. I, I feel like if I'm at a power level of Disney, my my thought process would be do this in-house as much as possible because we keep control. Mm -hmm. uh, relinquishing control is tough because someone else might not give things the same care. They might make decisions that you always have to look over their shoulders. And if I'm looking over your shoulders all the goddamn time, one, I'm splitting off the profits to share with you. And two, I'm doing the work sort of anyways, because I always have to look at your work. At the same time, though, like, I really need my focus over here right now. Uh, so can you just just fucking juggle this for a little while for me? Just just keep people talking about it, like maybe not loudly, but just knowing that it's still there, that we still give a fuck about these properties so that, that when I'm stable on this side and I can deal with that over there, I can come back and either nudge you in the direction that I want you or just pick it up and take it back over here because I'm ready for it um, and make it right. It, it's the other thing with the, the Marvel stuff in particular is that we got really spoiled with the shared universe. And so you want all the stuff to be shared universe and that that may be the right direction, maybe the wrong direction. Uh, but it's it's hard to argue with the results that Marvel films have had versus Marvel at other companies. To get to the articles, the other two articles that I want to, I want to mention here, um, Disney has unveiled their streaming service um, launch slate. Now, here's the interesting part. I think a lot of this is going to bank on the Disney Fox merger because they're with what they're talking about. They're talking about doing, um, excuse me, five to seven uh, original movies or original products a year on there. The Netflix shows. Um, so Daredevil, um, you know, all the Defenders stuff and Punisher stays over there. Everything that's R or, you know, rated R will go to Hulu and all that because they still get 
money out of that. Is Hulu uh, doing a lot of R-rated content right now? Hulu has, well, I mean, Hulu has their the movies. They have R-rated movies on there, and all okay. that. So, I mean, it's see, my, uh, I, I since I don't subscribe to Hulu, I still see Hulu as the landing spot for TV shows mm-hmm. that that were from regular TV stations and stuff. They, they just go over to Hulu, and then shows that feel like they kind of also could be on regular TV. So, I haven't I haven't seen Hulu in this kind of more mature material yet but if you say oh, okay. so then absolutely that, that yeah, makes I mean, more sense not then to, yeah not to correct uh well okay first one that i found um a movie from earlier this year called the hero um starring sam elliott as the um, as an aging actor confronting mortality in the hero a beautifully poignant celebration of life and the legacies we leave behind also starring Laura Prepon um, and all that's right there on the Hulu's homepage. That was the first rated movie that I seen on here. Um, okay. And not, so, I mean, it's not like it's out of it because I mean, they have a bunch of movies on here. Um, the other thing I would see them doing is on the Disney side is pulling movies, theoretically pulling movies or focusing them more on their streaming service because on here, it's just under the list of popular movies. Um, you got George of the Jungle, um, Disney's The Black Cauldron, uh, First Kid. Um, I wanted to say that Princess movie was one, but it's not like a Disney movie. It's, where it's like there's a lot, there's a few movies here that could be pulled. Um, Disney's The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, Disney's Airbud, all these can be pulled onto their streaming service. Um, the other side of this, though, on the flip is because they're already talking about working on some um, some projects for here, one of which is a Star Wars live-action TV series done by uh, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, who are the creators of and showrunners of Game of Thrones. Well, not creators of the franchise. Showrunners of Game of Thrones um and oh the article said who who they were teaming with and it was another big monster get with that as well um if it's from the showrunners of game of thrones is this the story of if slavery was never made illegal in the star wars universe <laughs> no because wasn't that the next thing that they were working on for hbo is yes. this this alternate and- history Yes, the like the article says, their final season of Game of Thrones is set to air in 2019, and while Benioff and Vice planned to move on to their alternate history show, Confederate, it wouldn't surprise, you know, it wouldn't be surprised if the controversy put the project down for the count and opened the doors to a Star Wars trilogy. Um, I look at this honestly as this is smart planning, smart thinking, um, because I mean Disney has a lot of stuff that they could be doing for original movies and hopefully bring the up the quality that you get from the disney channel original movies now keep in mind i grew up on the disney channel original movies um you know xenon girl the what i think was girl the 21st century or 22nd century xenon the sequel um going so far back you can say cheetah girls we know well no cheetah girls came a little bit later (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm talking about the the older stuff. Um, Brink, 
which was, you know, that was my jam. Um, Smart House. But now you get into, like, Cheetah Girls sort of started it with, and then High School Musical really kicked it off with the, the being more musical focused. And this is where it's, it seemed to me like they skewed a little bit more girl centric than for everyone. Um, because even the new movie they have, uh, it's called zombies. It's coming out this year. Um, interesting take on the whole zombie thing. Basically it's like a chemical reaction thing happened. And now all the zombies wear these bands that are, uh, that shock them if they start thinking about brains and it makes them not want to eat brains and all that stuff. And then it's a little bit West side story and stuff like that. So it's zombie conversion therapy. Not exactly. Are you going to pray the dead away? I mean, it's it's just, (laughs) no, it's, there's a way to go with this story that could be really, really fun to explore. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, in in all honesty, though, I mean, with this developing, with this stuff here, it sounds like they do have a plan for what a lot of people were worried about when it comes to the, uh, you know, how things are going to be working. Um, Because of the fact that, you know, they would then, you know, if again, going hitting back on the Fox merger thing, if they do this, they now own what, 60%, I think, of Fox or, or not Fox, of Hulu. And so it's like, you know, it's basically saying, hey, we're not going to just be like, this is our service. Now you guys get out or up the price. It's going to be we're still going to do put content on here and it's going to be content that the parents are going to want to watch or the college kids are going to want to watch more rather than the, um, you know, the kids or the, you know, like the like the middle schoolers and high schoolers and stuff like that. Yeah, and absolutely. If you're if you're a company that isn't Disney owned, but you've got content on Hulu, say like NBC or ABC or whatever. Well, ABC is Disney. Sorry, uh, CBS or whoever. And and you're part of Hulu already. Having shows like a Star Wars live action series is good for you because it means people are going to subscribe to that service and then have the ability to discover your stuff. What's that? That's not going to be on Hulu. Well, here's my problem already. Yeah. Uh, it, if you're going with the creators of Game of Thrones and you're pitching it as these are the guys who do Game of Thrones, yeah, do you think that's going to go on the Disney side or is that going to go on the Hulu side? And here's here's you, my other here's my other issue before we go too far. This is my my second part of it, which is what I have always wanted from Star Wars, you know, after the original trilogy. Uh, has been an expanded universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when we got the prequels, I was disappointed because it was still the Skywalker shit. And with the the new trilogy, I don't need it to be the original characters anymore. I, I'm more interested in the new characters. But we're, we're getting stuff like the prequel to episode four with Rogue One. We're getting the Han Solo movie that apparently nobody thinks Disney actually wants us to see. Um, but for me, I want more of the Star Wars universe to explore, but what I don't necessarily want is a different tone. I liked the original trilogy's tone. Uh, I liked what, what that 
felt like and and it was appealing to me as a kid and it appeals to me as an adult um so the idea of a and i'm not saying this is actually what they're doing because just because you do one show and you do it really well doesn't mean that's the only thing you're capable of but i don't want a game of thrones star wars uh as a for instance and again i'm not saying that's what they're planning to do um that that's like saying the guy who made uh pushing daisies can only ever make more pushing daisies and can't yeah. do things like american gods or hannibal or whatever um here's you get here's, what i'm saying yeah 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 i get what you're saying and here's sort of going to be the counter to it um because this is from the article um that uh bob Iger, because this was during a conference call um he stated that he offered some updates on the new project from them explaining that lucasfilm has been in talks with the filmmakers for some time and despite their credentials as creators of one of the most successful tv shows of all time they never had an interest in creating a star wars tv series for the platform no they're focused on a point in time this is a quote from him on a point in time in the star wars mythology so what a lot of people have been hearing about and it's something that would work for a more the more family friendly app you know the streaming service side of things and not the necessarily the um you know have to go the r-rated oh let's throw this on hulu would be you know a knights of the old republic you still have the you, you know you still have all the action and and you know the fighting and stuff but it's not going to be you know deadpool or not deadpool uh daredevil or punisher you know levels of violence in there or even game of thrones level of violence because i mean they've basically proved that they can do you know this type of story here you know they just happen to put it in you know put in um nudity and you know a lot of swearing and stuff and it's called game of thrones i mean and and, and honestly that it seems like anytime a show shows up on a cable premium channel like hbo or showtime or stars it's it, it's almost an automatic of they have to have that stuff for some reason every show it's like and and here's your first sex scene of of these actors it, it, it's just so edgy i i don't understand why that's all the programs is like well it's on hbo so boobs away and i <laughs> i don't i don't i don't abhor it of course it's just it seems like that's all that's ever done to separate it from being on regular TV. And then they fucking sell reruns of Sopranos to regular TV and they have to hack the shit out of it. My my point of the, the Star Wars thing was, again, that they're not incapable of making a show that can be more all age or at least PG instead of R rated. But what I was also going to say is that between Star Wars and especially with the the Marvel stuff, is that if I'm the Marvel watcher, which I, I sort of am, do I want to now have to go through two different services to get all of my Marvel content? Uh, with with cable, I have kids' channels. I have, mm -hmm. uh, you know, not all age channels, but channels that are have content for different age groups. And then I have channels that lean more towards... Uh, mature content you know when when the kids are up they can throw on snick nickelodeon uh 
Toon Disney, Cartoon Network, all that stuff. But but even Cartoon Network gets to the point of day where they go from being the kids' cartoons to Adult Swim. You know, it when when the kids are at school, I can watch my fucking Ellen and General Hospital and stuff. When they come back home, we put on content that's for both of us. You know, the reruns of Big Bang Theory that aren't too fucking racy or you know simpsons or bob's burgers or whatever and then when they go to bed that's when i can flip over to fx and put on stuff that is more for me and they can watch it on their tablets in this imaginary scenario where i have kids and uh they aren't little um, fuckers who are pirating <laughs> off the neighbor's wi-fi uh and and watching porn themselves like i would have done when i was their age we just we raise them just like ourselves man it's just it, just a fucking test of your patience to, see, like see, see you're, what your you're parents saying, to go through yeah yeah <laughs> my mom had to go through um, right much like austin yeah I, i'll and i'm gonna, I'm gonna but no anyways um i was gonna say are you sure this is you with hypothetical kids and not aaron possessing you saying how you are <laughs> Dude, and all that? the amount of shit that i walk into my wife watching and just like oh ugh. like i i like have relegated myself to the other room many a time because I'm just like not in the room, the mood to watch your, your fucking human centipede uh, one more goddamn time or anything by well, Stanley yeah, Cooper. You just substitute you know, Ellen just, with human centipede. General. Yeah, you know, but that's what I'm saying is it, do, do human centipede with the Muppets and there's just a guy with one long arm. Uh, <laughs> my, my point is, is that why are these services treated like they're single stations as opposed to doing something like what youtube does where it brings a bunch of stations in or or playstation or all these things that are like the the new cable why isn't disney like giving you a kids channel uh, a family time channel a mature channel and all that stuff if they've got all this content so that i can pay the 30 bucks a month to get everything as opposed to piddly shitting out for one service or another, that that is where I think this stuff would wind up going. Because again, if I'm Disney and I own all of these different things, doesn't it behoove me to have them be under one umbrella? Um, doesn't it make sense to me to have me control it and not have to share it with the other 40% that it gets Hulu? or the the Netflix or whatever. That's that's my question. Now, I don't think that's immediate, but I think long term that's probably where things would go is that in the future every restaurant is Taco Bell and they still can't make a fucking Doritos Locos taco that doesn't break apart before you even get a bites out of it. Now, here's here's my answer to that. It is it shitting with three seashells cuz I still don't know how that works. They they already have the they already have those that whole thing it's called cable but they don't own the cable company yet D they don't but do they need to own the cable company because but, but, they, what? but because they get the money from from all these you know you because you, you're talking about the more the it's it's and it's not too much more because it's excuse it in the young adults area but freeform that's the older kids that's the the you know that in there a and E, they have stake in. Um, you know, you got your Disney Channel, your Disney XD, Disney Junior for the kids. Um, but in the cable company, you still don't get all of the control or all of the the benefits, all of the profits. 
So when they're they're already leaning into taking some of our balls, not all of our, I'm not taking my ball and going home, but uh, you're going to play in the, in the, the field with the, the not nice new equipment. And over here, we're going to have the good, sh this is, this is the rich neighborhood. That ball was, field. And, so and over there, that's the wrong side of the tracks, uh, pretty in pink side of the neighborhood. So, so, so hold on, hold on, hold on. That was the first part of why they're not going, you know, just putting everything in Hulu and all that. The other part is they're not trying to compete with cable. They're trying Yet. to compete. They're trying to compete with Netflix. This, this whole streaming service is not a thing of, is not a thing for, Oh, we're going to be the cable, the cable replacement, like Hulu with their live TV is, or Sling TV, or PlayStation View, or DirecTV Now, or anything like that. It's but but anytime a company says no, we're not we're not competing with this thing over here, it's not because they're not going to compete with that thing over there. It's that at this point in time, we're taking down this motherfucker. But all you other motherfuckers better recognize when this shit is done, you bitches better worship the ground that I walk in, fucking show enough, the Shogun of Harlem, I'm going to kick your ass, kiss my converse, motherfucker. That is that is the point, is if they can take down on Netflix, because right now Netflix is the brand. Netflix is the name. That is the thing that everybody else is kind of pissing themselves and trying to rise up to meet, to meet. Yeah. If Disney competes with Netflix and can beat them at this game, at this very new game, then the next thing will be, well, why would we want to deal with Comcast and DirecTV and, and competitors? Because all of those things are competitors. Comcast owns content. Com mm -hmm. Comcast isn't just a way to get content to you. Comcast makes content to get people to stay there. Now, some of their content, again, goes to Hulu, goes to, to other places and stuff. But realistically, Comcast would love to just get everybody, get all your shit from Comcast. And eventually, if that worked, if they got used to everybody getting the, all their shit from Com Comcast, then they would say, now you're just going to get Comcast shit. It's like when you go into the grocery store and they've got the, the name brands and they've got the, the grocery store brands. And it's like, yeah, I, I like my brand, but if I can save 50 cents to a dollar to a couple of bucks with the store brand and it's almost as good, then I just buy the store brand. And then eventually the big name brand goes away because the store brand is good enough and and then you're just fucking part of the whole system of like the the Meyer or the Safeway the Walmart it's like you're just in and so you don't have a competitor at some point like we talk about Apple buying a a uh telephone service or Google buying like T-Mobile or something or Apple buying Netflix or Disney buying Apple like at some point, it gets to be the point of like, why do I want to deal with other people's crap? Why can't I just do all and, this myself? And when you have these giant corporations, it gets more and more likely that they can do that. Yeah. You know, if, if Disney decides, hey, we can buy our, uh, a Comcast, we can buy them, and then we can give people broadband, a pipe that goes right to us, and we don't have to worry about net neutrality, you know, or, or you're Amazon and you're like, I'm going to give, I'm going to create our own company's healthcare system 
for our employees. So we don't have to deal with whether or not the healthcare system for the rest of the country does what it's supposed to. You work for us, you get the healthcare that we provide, and and we meet your needs so people will want to work here. And and we don't have to deal with government regulation. We don't have to deal with overpriced pills because we can negotiate. That's that's the thing is that when it goes down the line, you always got to look at what the end game is. Now, it's a long time away. And a lot of things can happen in between here and there, you know, and uh, Solo could bomb. And then Disney could do uh, another fucking John Carter of Mars movie and just for laughs. There, there's a lot of things that could break this. Yeah. But I, I do think that when I look at what what the end user wants is just access to the content mm-hmm. you know the easiest preferably cheapest the best experience that they can get you know give me the greatest amount of content for the 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 most reasonable amount of money and i'll be happy to continue being a customer you know the reason why cable and all these things are struggling now is because they gave us shit for a long time stuff that we didn't want that we had to pay for and the stuff that we wanted we had to fight for or pay extra for it it was just kind of like it was a broken system based from the consumer end when you get rid of that middleman because disney just wants people to be in the disney house just watch our shit buy our shit go to our shit parks you know Take a shit in our shit parks. Uh, we've got a robot that will come and clean it up, and it looks just like it came out of fucking Toy Story. Have fun, man. Like, love us. Love me. Then all of those middlemen become less and less ideal to work with. You know, and and I think that when it's like, oh, well, I already am not a digging the experience that to see episodes of justified i have to get an amazon prime subscription or if i want to see this future man show i have to get a hulu subscription and and if i want to keep watching uh my my jessica jones series i have to have a netflix subscription i'm already chasing content that way and while i'm accepting of it right now at some point it's going to go overboard like i'm no fucking way can i see a moment this year where i'm getting a cbs membership uh, because Star Trek Discovery didn't do it for me, and I haven't sur- heard fuck all about what the follow-up is after Star Trek Discovery to make me feel enticed to look at their service to begin with. You know, it's like, you put a lot of eggs in this Star Trek Discovery basket, and for me, it didn't work, but you haven't then said, by the way, here's the next thing. Here's Here's the thing that's like, that was really compelling for some people, and and yeah, maybe didn't fly for everybody, but here's what's up next. They haven't said it yet. That's worrisome. Mm-hmm. It's like the the Sony PlayStation thing with Powers. It's like, oh, Powers, that's really interesting. What comes next? Uh, hopefully more Powers. Someday, maybe. Nope, didn't happen. Nope. Good luck. Sorry. Uh, you can go from a like talked about buzz thing to nothing really quick. <sighs> When, if people are already in the Hulu sphere, that's great. You know, that that's perfectly cool for Disney. Uh, if, if people are like, oh, and then I want to check out this Disney thing over here too. But then it becomes like, well, do I need two subscriptions? You know, and I want to keep Netflix because Netflix has the other Dis- or Marvel stuff that I like as well. The, the shows that I'm already watching and I'm into. 
So that's now three things that I have to jump around hoops for. It's like at some point it makes sense to say no more hoops. You know, they don't have to have them. So why would they? That that That's what I feel. The the Star Trek thing or the Star Wars thing. I mean, uh, back to that. The, what I was saying about the I like the tone of the original Star Wars movies and I want more of that tone, but in an expanded universe. That that's that's the same sort of deal is if they do Star Wars stuff, if they ever do Star Wars stuff that is adult themed. That's probably not for me, much in the way that beat talks about uh, Star Trek Discovery is that it doesn't feel like Star Trek to him. And I, I I get where he's coming from with it. I haven't watched it uh, beyond the first half of the first episode or whatever. Um, but I'm just like that. That's not what I want totally from Star Trek, but I can see something co- coming out that's like Star Trek that is that tone and it would be much more appealing to me because I don't have this thing in my head of what Star Trek is to kind of like get in my way of it. You, you see what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, I I mean, it's I look at this like where, yeah, okay, we, we need to be aware of their end game. End games change. You know, there was a time when Marvel was going to release in humans as a movie <laughs> their end game was to include the the inhumans you know in one of the avengers movies you know with in, infinity war was going to be a two-part movie those things change end games change that's where i honestly look at this i i don't look at this go, as them eventually going and competing with cable companies because i think part of their end game is the cable companies are going to die out it's all going to go to streaming. Well, yeah, you know, but you know. the cable companies right now are still in charge of how you get that content. And that's what I mean is is not dealing with cable companies for like, oh, your your cable TV is going to air our shows. I mean, hey, Comcast, we're going to buy out your broadband. Yeah, no. Yeah. And, and that's and this is if we can get Ajit Pai listening to this, this would be amazing. <laughs> but this is where I. I, I honest to God feel like it's more of a thing of we need to get the pipes in order and, you know, the series of tubes that makes up the internet here in America and around the world in order to where you don't have to have, you don't have to be worried that the people, you know, that Comcast, because, you know, that is my, basically the only choice I have for internet. I mean, actually, no, I could do AT&T as well, but then that's going to be significantly slower. I did a speed test earlier today because we were talking about, because the other thing that I didn't mention at the top of the show was I got a new computer working. You know, I got the new that my friend gave me. So we might be moving up production wise here. <laughs> um, And th- uh, so we see like with this here with, you know, on the side, it's, I don't want to have to worry about, you know, what fit like right now I get 55, almost 55 megs down and then almost 12 up for my speeds. That's not bad for Comcast, you know, especially with what they're, you know, I think I'm paying for that, that amount. Like, I don't really think there's like, oh, they're promising up to, you know, blah, blah, blah or whatnot. AT&T, it's going to be a more consistent, like, I think it would probably be like eight up but that it'd be about like, you know, 12 or 14 down, you know, and all that stuff. 
or something like that, depending on which one I I got. And but it's like there's other places like I know up north, excuse me, up north it's Spectrum. You know, it's you go all the way around, and that's the problem I have. That's where I would, you know, if I were president or if I had the power, I would make it to where the there's none of these local monopolies. It's you, you know, you, know, you want this company boom you get that company you want to switch from them to you know actually bring true competition not this well you're in my territory now boy stuff that it's, we got it's going the on. last mile thing it's the yeah. it's the paying for the last mile so that you get that the service that you want but all the infrastructure is is shared yep. uh which but the problem is is uh that several companies have a monopoly on this stuff because of past mistakes that the government allowed them to take when they broke up the phone companies, they allowed them to create this no whole new broadband structure and gave them effective uh, duopoly or monopoly, depending on how you look at it. Um, but that's exactly the point is that mm -hmm. if you see a company like Google struggle to get fiber rolled out, uh, maybe they lost interest a little bit because of the net neutrality thing happening. And then maybe they'll gain interest in it again because of it. There's only so many companies that could work with this to get rid of that that problem for themselves. Disney's one, Apple's one, Google maybe one, Amazon is probably one that they could say, "Okay, well, I can't go and create a whole new broadband infrastructure. Uh, I I might be able to do this whole new wirelessly thing, or." I could buy one of the companies that has part of the monopoly. Yeah. And if I buy that company, then I can make the rules as to what I consider net neutrality because that's legal now and get all my content to people directly through that. Uh, or if Google buys one and Apple buys one and Disney buys one, if they're not already buying Apple, uh, then they can kind of work out themselves how they would allow people to get content. And maybe they do a better job. Maybe they do a worse job. Yeah, it, it it's it's still a couple of companies that have all the cards. Uh, that's funny. Netflix that uh, that can kind of decide how it's going to go. And it's it's unfortunate. You know, yeah. the problem is, is each of these things get bigger and bigger and you have to worry. You have to worry because. If I really just want you to see my content and no one's stopping me from, from making that the case, then that's just how it is. You know, it's it's your local business closing down because Best Buy moved in or Walmart moved in or whatever. Hey, Corey, you want to know what would stop us from making our content? Uh, not having supporters on Patreon. <laughs> um, we, we, we keep doing this, you know, we keep the lights on. We, you know, and, and you can do it. You can help us out, help us keep the lights on. You could donate as much as you want. But you go to patreon.com slash galactic netcasts, and that's where you can pledge to us. You can pledge as much or as little as you want. Um, and this has honestly got me thinking about doing, doing one myself for, you know, more. but as more money I get, more money goes out or more product goes out. That's what, how, what we want to do. We all want to do this stuff. I would love to do a comic book show. It's just time because I got to work. And the fact that comic books cost money. So it's like, and also, I mean, especially on the time thing, Gregor already shows up to this, and I stretch a half hour show into five hours. Yeah, and and there's the fact that I would love to do a wrestling show. 
and you guys could eventually help us out by supporting us. Get on the ground floor here. Um, Patreon.com slash Galactic Netcasts. All right. It is time for the else views. This is the portion of the show where I talk about a stand-up comedian I watched and um, and really enjoyed his show. Um, it, was, it was on Netflix. Um, and Corey possibly talks about something because he loves to surprise me with whatever it is that he's watching. <laughs> um, but so Corey can get his little vocal rest since he's talked a lot in the news. I'm gonna talk about Kevin Jay. Um, he's a a Malaysian. Yes, a Malaysian uh, comedian. Um, Does that mean he's from where Beatmaster lives? <laughs> And I'm expecting an ASCII middle finger in our chat anytime now. <laughs> but um, he has a, a Netflix special called Everyone Calm Down. Um, this was filmed in Malaysia, in uh, in Kuala Lumpur. Um, actually, I think it was in Kuala Lumpur. Um, but it was really cool. Like, it's it's one of these shows that it's all in English. Like, there's a little bit of where, like they, where he uses, um, you know, local words and but the cool thing is is when they do when he does speak in um i, I want to say it's malay they, they subtitle it so it's you know you're not missing out but so, like some of the things that he talks about i'm like i i relate to it i've never been over there like they start talking about um because his parents are from one of the things he talks about is because his parents are from india everyone like he talks about stereotypes and how the stereotypes are um you know d- this is quoting him so it's not racist i swear but uh, <laughs> the dirk, you know he goes dirka 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 hello welcome to 7-eleven you know like, like how everyone sees it but then here it's dirka 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 i stab you and i'm like that's funny <laughs> that is really good. he has this brilliant way of looking at stuff um and he's a he's a big dude so um the uh and okay i love how growly is pointing out that i said the words right i know how to say words he's like gregor's yep gregor said it right malaysian and he said it gregor said it right again right kuala lumpur um i just i didn't know if that was where he did the special um but the dude is funny and God, I wish I remember what his shirt said. It was like "Keep calm and uh, and listen to the tattooed fat guy or tattooed chubby guy." Dude's hilarious, like across the board. And every time someone would do like the oh, like when he says something like mildly offensive, he'd be like, "Thus the title of the show." Everyone, calm down. It's just jokes, and not uh, talked about as something. I wouldn't know about because I'm a little younger than you. This is where I make you feel old. He talks about the first time uh, tr- uh, wanting or watching porn, and this is back in the VHS days with the tape and all that stuff. So he uh, talks about um, his parents are out of town or you know out to work, and he skips school, and so he's getting ready to put it in, and then he's he hears his mom walking in, so he's hurrying, trying to eject the tape, but it takes a while. Um, and then she, and then uh, she goes, "What are you doing here?" And he says, "Like he's watching the news." And she goes, "Where are your pants?" And then he goes, "Oh, I don't know." And he goes away or whatever. 
she goes to watch a thing she recorded. It's his tape. And so she then goes, I'm going to tell your father and his, he, and he lies to his father. So he, they have the whole family, including, I think one of their grandmas <laughs> watching <laughs> this. It, I think he said it was a horror movie. It was like, soror- it was, it was a movie called like sorority sister or sorority slut seven or something like that. You know, it had one of those porn titles. <laughs> and they're watching this whole thing. I'm like, okay, this has to be exaggeration. This cannot be true that you go through this whole thing watching like the parents watching it and the mom the mom just ashamed and dad's like shut up i want to see the the murder or whatever <laughs> but he's really funny um it, it's one of those like i'm surprised i haven't heard of him before and like i was looking at his wikipedia page to see you know if he's done anything else and i mean he's he's doing a lot for for malaysia in in the stand-up comedy uh realm you know a, a lot like what i would attribute trevor noah for doing for south africa this is what he's doing for malaysia you know like bringing comedy there to where it's not just um where it's not just the uh you know like like the big or western uh people you know you know like the comedians from america or england or anything like that but it's homegrown talent and stuff like that um but yeah he's really cool check him out it's on netflix um it's also I, I like what you're saying about him using words from his language and his culture and well, then explaining what the words were with the subtitles because that is what helps us understand other cultures better yeah. you know it, it it's like when when uh spanish language music started mixing with american pop music uh years ago and built up more and more and you get that that kind of like crossover of you you'll hear some english lines then you hear some spanish lines and it'll go back and forth and it allows people to find that that medium together to to accomplish to realize that you know we can enjoy the same things we can have the same feelings and values and stuff uh even though we would think that we might have a hard time understanding each other it's like no it's really easy to understand each other and this breaks down those walls Uh, which comedy itself is already great at yeah uh, but to to do that extra step of like and i'm gonna say these words and you know you'll pick up those words that that to me is really cool uh george lopez did a lot of that with his stuff like he would he would talk as his family members and stuff and say things and it's like that it made it a little bit like it's Yes, in some ways it's stereotypes because you're you're talking about characterizations of his family and stuff. But it it allows you to pick up and go, okay, yeah. And when I see that in in someone who who's obviously, you know, of the the same uh comes from the same region and stuff, I can I can get it a little bit more and I can relate to them a little bit more because I've seen yeah. these things and and it's no different than like picking on your friends who have some sort of local dialect either from the south or you know certain areas of michigan you know <laughs> we're from or or areas of california where i live now it, it all that stuff kind of like adds up it's like oh yeah the differences are are kind of precious in a way as long as we realize that they're just cosmetic and they don't mean that we're really different as people yeah i, I want to say that the big reason why his show was in english though was because he had 
Um, and first off, he does this, uh, he doesn't think, which it's better than the, Hey, where are you from? You know, clap if you're from here. It's the, or no, it, it's the, you know, make some noise if you're from here or whatever. It's the, uh, do we have anyone from, uh, you know, from here? And, and like someone said, Australia, and like, Oh, sorry. You know, I know nothing of Australia. <laughs> like just <laughs> boom, shoots it down. Um, but, and then he, uh, I, I think the reason why they did it in English was because, um, don't think it was in malaysia i want to say it was in um like like uh like singapore or something it was it was in like a neighboring country and stuff like that um and so it was like you know the common you know common language is going to be english as you know since they have two different languages and stuff like that but and there was another little great i'm gonna put it right up there with jimmy carr jimmy carr does some great slams but these are more at him asking people to do these um he, he goes anyone from america and the guy goes yeah and they're like where are you from new york i have no idea where that's at like <laughs> in that pattern i'm like clever really good because you know whenever we say like hey where are you from you're like blah 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 oh, i have no idea where that's at you know it's like like well why did you ask me that asshole sort of deal but no, yeah, it's really good. Um, I again highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix worldwide. If it, and if we got it here in, in England, you know, in America, then you know you could probably get it. You know, wherever Netflix is available. Um, so Corey, you got anything you want to share with us, dude? I have I have a couple of different different things I can go with. Uh, so I can go with the new sitcom. I can go with the just released to Netflix movie. Or I can go with the reality show. So pick one. Well, I th I know what the Netflix movie is, and I I want to watch it myself. So I'm gonna say All hold right. on to that one because we'll do that next week. Um, the sick sitcom. Which one would that? I I don't know what that one would be. Let let's let's do the sitcom. All right. So I've been looking forward to this. Wasn't really sure how I was going to feel about it because it, it's kind of breaking one thing possibly to make a new thing. And it's already sort of happened before. So on NBC this last week, <laughs> yes, they introduced us to AP Bio. Now, I've been watching the revival of Will and Grace with my wife. Uh, it's been pretty good. It it's, it's feels a little weird. And I maybe it's been a while since I've watched uh, reruns of the original Will and Grace series. It seems like they're going extra silly on the new series, but maybe that was actually already the case. I don't know. Uh, but AP Bio, uh, we know, has Dennis from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Glenn Howerton. Glenn Howerton, who is terrific, but kind of plays a Dennis-type character in this new show. Uh, at the same time, over on Fox, we've got The Mick with Sweet D from Always Sunny. And awesome. and she is sort of playing Sweet D yeah. on this new show, just in different situations. Uh, so it it takes a little bit of the specialness away from the characters from Always Sunny, which is a show that I absolutely love. And it's it's been on for a long time and is very long spots in between seasons. Uh, and also there's some concern that if AP Bio takes off, that... Glenn Howerton might not wind up back in Always Sunny. And that's 
that's concerning because you don't want to see the show without these characters who've been a part of it. Uh, in his case, from the very beginning, you know, one of the co-creators of the show. But I really liked AP Bio. So in AP Bio, he's playing a philosophy professor who basically pissed off the school that he worked at, lost his tenure right as he was about to get it, uh, went just totally fucking nuts, has someone that he hates that is one of his peers and wants to destroy his life, goes back to live in his hometown in his mom's apartment that she died in and is is like just hates everything about what the state of his life is so his goal is to break his nemesis to sleep with his high school girlfriend again who he goes on a date with and finds out that she has a boyfriend and uh to not teach the biology class that he's supposed to be teaching biology he instead wants to teach them philosophy but realistically he wants to use them in his nefarious plans um it's got Pat Oswald is the principal of the school who seems just kind of like, how do I deal with this? Kind of like the principal in that uh, that show with the kid in with the in the wheelchair, in the family. What is that Speechless. called? Speechless. Speechless. Yes. The, the principal of that just always seems ineffective or the principals in um, uh, the Goldbergs. Like they just like, how do I deal with this? Except in this case, he's ineffective against one of his own staff. Uh, but it's it's good. The relationship with the students, the students were all like slowly introduced. We we find the the emo misunderstood kid who seems a little bit psychotic uh, in the class, and he gets an instant kind of liking to this kid. Uh, as as all the other kids are like trying to be very zealous in in learning about the stuff and want to do well in the class so every time he's like i'm not going to teach you biology and he starts going off about something else they pull out their notebooks and start trying to take notes he's like no 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 <laughs> i'm not teaching you put your notebooks away and they like hesitate he has them all write catfish emails to the guy that he's trying to destroy his life so He's like, I want you guys to try to seduce him so that we can completely break his spirit. And and like, and so they all write up their versions of what a catfish thing would be. And like the the quiet shy girl has like the most awesome one, but it's just so out there. He's like, no, that's that's a little much. That's I don't know if that would work. Um, but at the end of the episode, you actually see the guy receive that message and go for it. And you don't know if it's coming from him or if it's coming from the teen girl. And she's just trying to do all in the class. Um, so real quick, sorry, to yes. give for fan for uh, for younger viewers, the girl who plays uh, that you're talking about, her name is uh, Allison Ashley Arm. She was on, she's a former Disney Channel star. She was oh, okay. on, she was on um, Demi Lovato's show. Um, or actually the spinoff of the show that she was on where they did this sketch comedy show. It was, it was sort of like Disney channels answer for all that, but instead of using the actual, like the, where the actors were playing themselves and then they broke into sketches, they were in their characters from the show. Um, she was in there really funny, but again, she played more of the loud character, like, because I mean, you know, it's Disney channel. I mean, half their act, half their acting is just, I'm going to yell really loud and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, she's she's when I'm like I was looking when I was watching this and I'm like she 
she looks familiar. And I looked at like, oh, because she's Allison Ashley Arm and all. But yeah, continue, please. Yeah. Um. So the show is. I was very taken with it. I, I liked his attitude. I liked that when he's talking to the uh, three women teachers in the teacher's lounge, like they don't just automatically accept his shit. Like he's sitting there and he's just like, oh, I don't give a fuck. This being here is awful. This is the worst thing in the world. And they all just kind of go, yeah, it kind of is. And and they just, but they were really funny. So it, it's not like he's like the smartest person in the room and everybody worships him. He's smart, uh, but he's also like in a pretty bad place and he's just as fucked as anybody else is. And there are people who will call him on it. And I, I think that that's excellent too. I didn't get to go on because when we watched it, uh, it was already kind of late, but apparently a bunch of the episodes are available on demand right now, even yes. though they have only aired the first episode and they won't start airing the rest of them until after the Olympics are done. Yeah, the first three episodes are available online. And now, so this is where I'm going to get into something pretty interesting myself with this because I missed it because I had to work. But the next day I had, you know, I, I didn't have to go until later. So I was watching them. And I watched all three episodes. I think they are, they might be trying to set this up for failure by really? fireflying it. Yeah. By fireflying it because the episode that they called episode three had a character, the, um, she's part the, the school nurse, part the principal secretary. Um, it's, she's easiest way to describe her would almost be like the female Dwight Schrute because she's like, you know, she's wanting more power in that regard. Um, now I don't know if it's just, I misread the scene, but in episode three, it's almost like he's, uh, uh, Glenn Howerton's character is meeting her for the first time when she was pivotal to episode two and not. So I just don't know if it's him just being, you know, the condescending asshole that he is, or if it was, they're airing episodes out of order like they switch two and three around which could yeah, be that, the case as well that, 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 that i think nbc's done that more than well, once I, as well if it's that i don't think it, i don't know if it, it could be possibly sort of like which division do i blame here because it could not be comcast's fault or not be not be nbc's fault but be comcast's fault which is still the same people but you know right. separate division or something i don't know i I watched the three episodes. Um, I really liked it. You get later on and um, like, cause the pilot, it did suffer a little bit of the piloty pilotitis uh, stuff for me. Um, and then, but they hit on it with the other two episodes and I could see myself watching this at least for the first season. Um, you know, depending on how, cause I think it's only going to get like a what 12 episode first season. Um, and I, to be honest, this is something that would get me to watching the Thursday shows more like, you know, if it was on, if it aired on Thursday, you know, like, cause I've given up on good news, even though apparently there's a, uh, or not good news, uh, the good place, even though apparently it's in the same universe as parks and rec, mm -hmm. um, I've given up on great news and then um superstore i'm occasionally watching and all that so i mean there's not really 
a show on Thursday that I am w- wanting to watch on NBC right now. And and that's that's the thing is I'm I'm not I'm not someone who watches stuff as a block of things. Oh man, there was another show I could have actually said that I was watching, but it I I'm I was interested in this because it's Glenn Howerton because his yeah. attitude is very fun to me. It's it's like uh, Jason Bateman in Bad Words. Is it he's just got that smarminess and that kind of evil attitude, but he's just so good at it that you root for him. Yeah. As like you know, he's he's a giant asshole, but you love him as a giant asshole. And he's uh so far far less rapey in this than he is as Dennis. Uh, he doesn't <laughs> have the tennis system. But I love his character and always sunny in, in all these sick and like, oh shit, that got dark really fast kind of aspects of it. Uh it suits that show. And yeah. Seeing him get to do this character, which is again very familiar, but aimed towards a different kind of program and a different story, works really well too. Yeah, I, I wish him the success of having the show take off. Uh, I just i I would rather see long breaks and shorter seasons of Always Sunny with everybody than to see him leave that program. But do you think though that because I mean, now we've got Caitlin Olson, who's who's splitting time between the Mick and It's Always Sunny, and then Glenn Howerton. Do you think this could be a an ending point for It's Always Sunny? It could either be an ending point for the show, or it could be a reinvention, like when they brought in Frank in the second yeah. season, uh, and and D and Dennis leave the show. Uh, and it becomes something else with the bar and they introduce more characters. Maybe they do more stuff with the waitress and she's actually Charlie Day's wife. Uh, it, there's there's a lot of things that could happen with it. And and as creators, I trust them. And it doesn't mean that they have to disappear forever. But if they're busier with other jobs and it becomes, hopefully it doesn't become the fourth season of Arrested Development. Yeah. Where it's like we just try to shoot around everything and it makes a really convoluted mess. Uh, but yeah, if I... If I had to lose Dennis from Always Sunny, I do like the show. So it's not like I'm losing Glenn Howerton. I would, yeah. at this point in time, I'm interested in sticking around to see how this goes on. That first episode was really good. Uh, yeah. Both uh, Aaron, my wife, and I really liked it. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So we are going to take a short break and we will be right back. The galaxy far, far away feels closer now than ever before, and your guides through this galaxy are ready to help. I'm Zach Hagenbusher, one half of the new Jedi Archives podcast with Ben Schultz. Join us every other Tuesday for our experiences with the Star Wars saga from the core films that we know and love, well, you know, some of them, to the annals of history and the works that shaped Star Wars into what we know it as today. Just jump in wherever you'd like. Download an episode of the new Jedi Archives today. And we are back, and it is time for the else words. This is the portion of the show where we talk about. Well, basically, we're expanding else views with the trailers of uh, some of the trailers from the Super Bowl. Um, that and you know, I'm thinking there's one that we didn't put in here that I don't remember seeing, and that's the um, Avengers Infinity War trailer. Um, so honorable mention to that because I'm sure it's good, but um. Let's just go right down the list here, because um, we got four of the trailers. They're all comic book themed because 
well, comic book sci-fi theme because, you know, why not? It's our show. Um, let's start off with Venom. So uh, this one is the movie coming out in October. Stars uh, Tom Hardy. I believe that's Tom Hardy doing narrating the trailer, right? I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, do I recognize Tom Hardy's actual voice at this point? I, I don't know. <laughs> because I mean, it's because if if so, it's him doing American accent. Um, but well, the, the the character, if we're going off of the the classic character, which I don't know why we would, because none of this looks anything like anything that I recognize from the comics. Uh, I believe the character is supposed to be American. So yeah. yeah, so yeah, it's. I'm trying to see if it says. Yeah, he plays Eddie Brock. Is is his name? But this looks a little bit like the um, like they're bringing in some aspects on the Eddie Brock side of Flash Thompson with Agent Venom, where he's almost like it's to me like he's they're at least with how this trailer is like they're trying to make him possibly be a good guy. But I mean, it could just be, you know, me looking into things differently and stuff. But I mean, the trailer, it's a, it's a really short trailer. It's only like what? It's a teaser. It's a movie that's not coming out until October. So I don't expect him to give a lot away. At the same time, it, it was uh, a lot of him sitting in a MRI machine or seeing him walking and, and behind his shoulders with his head hunched down in two different scenes just kind of meshed together and it... remember how last week i was so excited for that new superman show that starred superman and was all going to be about superman and then uh we realized of course that superman is not in the superman show at all yeah this is a movie trailer for venom that is completely absent of venom like completely it it doesn't even put the name up on the screen a venom at the end it shows the venom eyes mask thing and then it transfers into a v which is i recall was the final battle but it it's it's so not anything to do with any of the comics at all in this this teaser whatever it is like none of it makes sense to me as a person who has read venom in comics since he was introduced. Now I'm not a Venom fan, yeah, per se, but this is just like it could be anything. It could be absolutely anything else other than a Venom movie. Mm-hmm. Uh because there's no Spider-Man, there there's no uh alien symbiote. We we see some black goop in a fucking uh giant glass container that a bunch of scientists are looking at. Wow, that's great. I think Sony just had a movie like that. And everyone was hoping that it was going to be the prequel to Venom. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the things that they're at Sony really strongly in favor of is the fact that Venom isn't an alien. You know, he's he's not the Clintar like he is in the comics. It is I'm going to say more like what Venom is on the um, Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon show on Disney XD, where it's you know, a laboratory made creature thing um, out of DNA that they mysteriously acquired and stuff like that. Um, so, but what what are your hopes for the Venom movie, in all honesty? Man, 
I, I know this is going to be me being a facetious asshole, but I, my hope is that it so just like every other episode. Yeah. But in <laughs> honestly, I just hope it doesn't come out. Yeah. I just, because it's just, it feels in every way so far limited mm-hmm. exposure to what it actually is. It just feels wrong. Like it, it feels like the wrong direction to be going in when we're seeing the right moves happen with what they did with Spider-Man uh, going in and being a part of the MCU. All of this just feels might as well call it anti-venom uh, because it's so totally not the source again, only from what I'm limitedly seen. Yeah. It's just a goofy mistake. And when you realize that on top of this, they have this uh, silver and black movie that they're supposed to be doing. That is the same sort of concept of it's Spider-Man characters, but it's got fuck all to do with Spider-Man. Probably. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe at some point we, we do get Peter Parker in this or we, we get a tie in for, for the other stuff that's going on. But I just, I don't get it. And to me, I can't imagine that the people who know the character see this and give a shit about it. So, if it just turns out to be a good movie that has nothing to do with Venom, the comic, that's mm-hmm. that's fine. And and maybe it will get an audience for that. But I think people will still be going, but it's not a Venom movie. Yeah. Now, now, Carrie's bringing up, he's bringing up on the ground because he said anti-Venom. He's like, anti-Venom? Now that's a spinoff. No, anti-Venom is the parody movie that Auntie Donna is going to do about this movie. No, I thought it was Aunt May. <laughs> and may she, has always been your greatest enemy she only, killed only uncle she, ben. yeah only when she spits the sick beats yo the word <laughs> the next movie um trailer that we're going to talk about is well, did you dead- did you did you enjoy the trailer did you like it yeah i mean it's yeah it's one of those so typically i have a thing of i will do my best to quit watching something once i am satisfied I am not satisfied with this trailer yet. So it's, they still got to show me a little bit more to prove that I want to watch this movie. You know, at least, at the least to where it's not like, okay, I have movie pass. I'm going to spend it on this, you know, movies free, ha 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 sort of deal. Um, so you're not against it, but you're not necessarily for it yet either. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, a word of, of caution if they are listening to us. I know they're not, but still. Please do not go down the Suicide Squad route of just releasing the tiniest thing every goddamn day. You know, like, so that's the only thing I asked for. Anyways, moving on to the the next trailer. It is the Deadpool 2 trailer. And I gotta say, I, I love this trailer because of the fact that we're getting more Deadpool and all that. But it, it makes me wish that we had like Deadpool trailers in uh, uh, like Deadpool the, the trailer style in like in the, the whole movie like they on DVD they release this as you know where he, they're doing like some pre-production stuff and it's like oh we're, we're gonna cut and do the scene with Deadpool playing with the toys like we did in the movie or like we did you, the trailer you want to see you want to see Deadpool MST3K Deadpool yeah I, I yeah I think that's a perfectly cool idea. And I, I 
I believe that would be something that would sell me on a Blu-ray of the Deadpool movies uh, in a, in a time where everything I've gotten into now is just streaming. If, if that was like, Hey, if you buy the Blu-ray, you'll get all this extra content. You'll get the, the, um, the, uh, director's commentary, except instead you get the Deadpool commentary and you'll get moments where it actually just interspersally have Deadpool like show up on the screen and like start pointing shit out and making fun of it and everything. Kind of like what they do in the, the Spider-Man cartoons is like yeah. you have the Spider-Man cartooning, then you see the small body Spider-Man show up and like, uh, and then, then iron fist, like really literally fisted me it, like that. <laughs> obviously, that see, I, 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 think, I think I could see, I see this going one better. They just call it the director's commentary, but then, and they have the director starting out and you just hear like him getting knocked out. Like at first I'm yeah. like gut shot, but I'm like that could be that could be harsh. It's like him just getting knocked out, and then Deadpool's like, "Oh no!" Or he's just he's just sleeping, and then we get this. But you, and then you Wade says, want... "I already took out the director from the first film. You think I'm not going to do it again?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no. So I mean, I love this trailer. I mean, now this to contradict what I said about the Venom trailer. Because they don't, they air some stuff in the that will be in the movie, but they, um, they do it in a way with, with uh, with the comedy, you know, with you know throwing in, you know, Deadpool playing with the toys and stuff like that. I feel like I'm, I will probably watch the other trailers because where it might spoil some storyline stuff, there's going to be the added funny of things that we won't see in the movie because it's only in the trailer. Yeah, what we talked about at the beginning of the show with marketing and stuff, that's the one thing is that Deadpool, the first movie, nailed the marketing in every single way. Uh, Did things that were just so out there and worked out spectacularly that built up a huge interest in a film that very easily could have been, you know, like Blade or, or something that was like good and people enjoyed it, but it built a huge audience comparatively and, and was at, at that point in time became the biggest uh, success in R-rated movies. Uh, the expectations are very high for what they're going to do with marketing for this, but we've already had the Bob Ross teaser and yeah. now the, the Deadpool playing with dolls and the green arm. Like what the fuck? We couldn't finish that in post already. It's like, it's not like a fucking mustache. Um, like the, that that ability to stale shit on other movies and not just DC movies, but it's a good burn for a DC movie that needs to be a little bit burned. Um, and then we get real footage of the film and real footage of of Josh Brolin as Cable, and we get what is tonally like a very serious character walking into Deadpool's world. How is that going to affect the story of this? Because we're kind of splitting it up between two heroes, although it seems like Cable's as much of a, an antagonist as he is another protagonist. It will be funny to see how they balance that. And since we've yeah. seen pictures of, of Domino, we know Domino's in this. We've also now seen what looks like the the six-pack, which on, on a shot with Deadpool and Domino, we see Terry Crews 
as a character that looks like he could be straight out of the uh, comics of the GW Bridge character that was introduced at the time of Deadpool and Cable War. Uh, Shatterstar looks to be standing behind them. There's another character that looks like it could be Kane or it could be a num number of other X-Force characters because uh, it was just so blurry. Like that's some real world building in this beyond two very big characters already with with uh, Domino and with Cable. So like and that's gigantic. And go ahead. Well, and also it looks like they're, you know, expanding uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Yes. Which is great. So more Colossus, more Negasonic. The the characters that are already there are going to still be involved in this, but to add that much to it, and the potential was always the hope to spin off to do an X Force movie. This could be the the sequel that. Remember when it was always like the next movie adds another character, so it's not just one villain; it's two villains, and then it adds three villains, and it's like a. Yeah. Uh, a fucking three we knew that we did too much like in this it could be that we're adding too much or it could be they know exactly how to make that balance work yeah. uh i i going off of past experience i i know that they at least know how to do deadpool really well mm -hmm. so as long as they can keep that up i'm i'm definitely along for a ride for this right now and i i they'd be hard pressed to not get my money at this point no yeah definitely um the next one, keeping with the movie side of things, so I'm going to switch it up here, is Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, now, this one, it's, again, teaser trailer, um, aired during the Super Bowl. I think all these aired during the Super Bowl, right? Did the Jessica Jones one air during the Super yep, Bowl? Or there was, was a teaser for Solo during the Super Bowl. I don't remember if the, the full trailer came out until a day later. Okay, yeah. Um, so, this... I mean, this is the, um, I'm blanking on his name, Alden Emmerich. We'll all um, blank on his name because he's the most forgettable part of the trailer. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, that is so ruthless. I, I feel yeah. bad because it it's, it was always Corey, going Corey, to be. Sit in the corner and think about what you just said there. <laughs> uh, no, if I think about it, then I'm not going to do the show anymore. It, <laughs> It was always going to be you're the guy who's not Harrison Ford. Yeah. And and I don't think they could have gotten the most like Harrison Ford, which they didn't. <laughs> they went in another direction. Uh, but but it it's that's such a hard thing to step into. And I've always said was from when they announced this, I don't want to see someone else be Han Solo. Yeah. I would rather not have a Han Solo standalone movie than to have one without Harrison in the role. But here's 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 what I will give him credit for. He is not doing a Han Solo impression. He is not doing a Harrison Ford impression. He right. is making the character his own. I would much rather that than this is him doing an impression and everyone going, oh, well, he's trying to be him, blah, 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 blah. No, it's him being... It's almost like they're trying to do a James Bondification of the character where right which is which yeah. is absolutely you I agree with you yeah. uh when they did young Indiana Jones they had two people who did not look like Harrison Ford at all playing Indiana Jones in that show of, of two different ages uh and and it worked for that show uh mm -hmm. on the other hand the flip side of that is 
Donald Glover as young Lando is is my world right now. Yeah. Him in that fucking blue cape and that that yellow shirt. And I'm just like, that is the movie I, I would watch. That is the spit in the face to my whole statement of like, I don't want anybody else playing Han Solo. But fucking yeah. Donald Glover as Lando. Holy shit. <laughs> and, but yeah, I mean, I mean, the one thing I will give for this trailer is it looks like they're getting like it still feels dark it feels dark and gritty in a lot of places but it feels like they're everything a lot of the stuff was practical like the speeders i'm like there's parts in the trailer where i'm like those are just cars like they didn't cg out the stuff but then when i go back i'm like oh no they did it's just like everything looks super practical which is is what i love with these star wars movies because i mean yes cg is great i love cgi and all that stuff but it takes away from the movie in times. And the not. other part of the other part of it is what I got of the story from the trailer and with some of the dialogue. It really reminded me of the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek, with mm-hmm. with Han as Kirk in that of like you know just like I'm just a rebel and I'm not gonna play by your fucking rules. And then the old uh, Captain guy is like, well, you know, your dad made me feel like you were something worth investing in, and you're, I know you're rebellious, but what are you rebellious against? Because we gotta, we gotta fight on our hands, and we could sure use a guy like you. I know none of that's actually the dialogue or even the story from, but it just felt so familiar oh, yeah. in that take. Yeah, I but mean, the, it, the rest of the stuff, especially when they got the whole group together, and there were parts mm-hmm. of them in the Falcon and the cockpit and everything, felt really fun. And that's yeah. exactly the kind of attitude that I want from my Star Wars. It's what was missing in the prequels for me is that kind of like that group and 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 just the rogues aspect. I, yeah. I loved that. So before we move I, on, I do think it was a mistake to give Chewbacca a perm, like a full on seventies <laughs> Afro yeah. perm. So probably I, I will wrong way to go. Yeah, I, I will. I will ask you before we talk about the Jessica Jones trailer. This is from from Growly. Who do you prefer as young Indy, River Phoenix or Sean Patrick Flannery? Now, I cannot answer this because I have not seen young Indiana Jones, but you can. Well, Sean Patrick Flannery, Flannery had an actual story. You know, uh, River Phoenix didn't really feel like Indiana Jones to me. The cockiness and stuff and, and the, the telling of like how he got the scar on his chin, why he hates snakes. All that stuff was very fun as an intro to that movie. But but Sean Patrick Flannery actually got to be Indiana Jones and River Phoenix got to be a kid that turns into Indiana Jones. Uh, I, I think that kind of answers your question. I think I yeah. think Sean got the better material to work with, although River did a very good job in the context of that film. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, Solo is Solo a. Do you feel like Solo is a must-see for you, or is it a wait-and-see for you? It would possibly right now. It would it would possibly depend on when Last Jedi gets released. You know, if it gets released before Solo comes out, because I have st- I am still yet to see Last Jedi. But this has nothing to do with Last Jedi. I know, but still, there's part of me that feels like if I see this before seeing Last Jedi, then I'm doing it wrong. That, that's like I, I, saying I, I that know, you need it. it doesn't, I know it doesn't make sense, but it's because I've 
been wanting, you know, tr- trying to save myself to where I'd go into it completely blind and failing with that, where with this sort of like, I mean, I want to go see it because where I do like, like the actor who is playing Harrison Ford or not Harrison Ford, <laughs> 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 who, is playing, <laughs> who is playing Han Solo, um, you know, because I loved him in, um, in Hail Caesar. Um, it's one of those things where just part of me feels like I need to see, you know, watch the last Jedi first. It's just, it's just, it's, I know it's weird, but it's just how it is. No, that's fine. That, yeah. so that's a wait and see. Yeah. That's a, I, I'm not sold on it just as what's here. I have other criteria that still come into play as to why I may or may not see it. That's perfectly fine. I, I, it's it's funny, but I I can relate to your quirkiness on it. I have plenty of quirks myself when it comes to stuff, and so yeah, that that's cool, man. Yeah. Uh, for me, right now, uh, the reason I would see this is Donald Glover. Absolutely, the 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 selling point for me is what's got my money and putting me in a seat in the theater is Donald Glover as Lando. Yeah. That does not mean I cannot be talked out of it if it gets just shit talked when it hits because i'm probably not going to see it opening weekend no matter what um like this may be something where the reviews actually matter to me uh and on top of that it if the footage looks less and less enticing or if i hear the story just doesn't sound interesting those those could be things that keep me from it it's not an instant yes absolutely but the most likely thing and it is a big compulsion for me is that that thing that scene in the cockpit of all of them you know if you get Chewie and Lando and Han and uh whoever the other new characters are all together and that those kind of moments that's the stuff that looks fun to me that looks like a a kind of firefly thing to me which was definitely attributed a lot to Han Solo with how firefly those characters were I could I could see really enjoying this. I would like to enjoy it. Uh, yeah. I would like it not to be a hot mess. I think some people are rooting for it to fail. Uh, and certainly there's a lot of things stacked up against it because of the history of, of this film and how it got made eventually, but all the missteps along the way. Man, I, I, I both... I'm not in love with the idea of it, but I may actually really like it. I hope yeah. I like it. Yeah. So the final trailer that we we're going to talk about. Well, I is... wanted to talk about one that we we skipped. I don't know why it's not on the list. It, probably because it came out before we did the show last week. But uh, Ant Man and Wasp. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen that trailer. So okay, so that's why okay. it was skipped. Well, uh, I, just I, over... I just didn't see it in the in our in our Slack. That's the only reason why I didn't see it. Yeah. Uh, it looks it looks like a a reasonable follow-up to what Ant-Man was. Ant-Man's already not my favorite of the Marvel movies. Uh, it's it's rewatchable like all the Marvel films are, but it's not like the the top of my stack of like, oh, this I'm going to throw an Ant-Man right now. But when it's on, I'll, I'll like sit and, and enjoy it because Paul Rudd's great. Uh, all the stuff that happened, it was fun. It's still kind of like that, that stab of, Oh, but if Edgar Wright had actually done the movie the way that he was going to do it, how good it have, how good could it have been? So I'm interested to see what 
the person who had to take over after Edgar Wright left can do now developing this film himself as opposed to kind of picking up the pieces of something that was there, like a Ron Howard Han Solo film. Uh, I like how they're utilizing Evangeline Lilly. One thing that I don't hear a lot of people say is that they say that this is going to be like the romantic comedy film of the Marvel Universe, which they've all have, not all, but a lot of them had a little bit of aspects of that. You know, Tony and Pepper, uh, Steve and uh, Bucky and uh, Loki and everybody. <laughs> um, but but in this, they, they're saying, well, it's Ant-Man and Wasp, so it's about the relationship. But Ant-Man and Wasp is actually also uh, Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Because we know Michelle Pfeiffer is going to show up in this as his his wife, as you know, eventually Lily's mother. So, right. So there is the fact that Ant-Man and Wasp as a title, we could be getting misled is that it's about these two characters, but it may be as much about those two characters. Uh, it's, it's sort of like a given for me at this point that I'm going to go see the Marvel movies as they show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this at a, at a range of Avengers? No. Uh, is it at a range of Black Panther, which is the other single character getting a movie this year. No. Uh, Black Panther is right now the Marvel movie that I'm most excited for. Uh, above Avengers Infinity War. Like That movie, I'm just so jazzed over because it, it looks like it's doing so many new things. And Avengers Infinity War, after Avengers 2 and then going into Captain America Civil War, I feel like we've just had the Avengers every year for a while that like getting black Panther and, and having that be something so just visually and, and emotionally different from this other stuff. That's more exciting to me, but I'm as far as that man wasp. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in the chair. You know, I, I can't not be. Yeah. Um, and also what I will, I will add really quick if I can, find her but the actress who plays uh shuri his sister great in the uh this latest season of uh fantastic or of not fantastic of um black mirror she's in the final episode in there so good um in that so yeah uh leticia wright is her name yeah check that i'm I'm right there with you on black panther and, and actually on Ant-Man and Wasp, you know, it's, you know, Marvel movie it is, it's just one of those things that it makes sense to me to go see it. Um, but yeah, so the final trailer, unless there's another one you want to nope. spring on, um, is Jessica Jones. Now this is, um, the Netflix show, the actually, it's funny cause they were talking about, um, on the whole, the merger news or not the merger, the uh, Disney streaming service news on, um, I want to say it was like comic book resources or whatever. It was one of those in my Feedly thing, uh, Feedly reader. And I had to laugh because they put Jessica Jones season three. I'm like, wait a minute. It's only season two, right? Like I had the second question. I'm like, ha ha, they messed up. Ha 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 ha. Laugh at them. Laugh at them. But that's besides the fact. 
this trailer here honestly reminded me a lot of brian michael bendis's run right now on jessica jones the comic book and i love that like i i'm loving how that looks and all that stuff um i i don't know when we're getting it but i sort of hope that we are getting it soon and i feel like it is soon i I feel like i want to say it was april or something but i could be wrong on that but um there was one scene and i i only watched the trailer once uh i haven't gone back and, and rechecked it out but there was one scene where it looked like something was sort of dissolving and it almost looked like it was dissolving into ants and there was a scene in alias where she was dating scott lang uh and scott lang was laying in bed to her with her and she woke up and she turned over and he was all covered with ants and it was basically it was her head getting fucked with by uh the purple man i think but it just i was like there's stuff in alias that hasn't gotten covered uh in that original series by bendis that could be drawn from but obviously can't be done the same way you know we're not going to get scott lang in the series uh and and there's just so many things that need to change and be added and since i'm not reading the the current series of jessica jones uh i'm not sure how much they can even pull from that because isn't part of it that she's married to luke cage at this point yeah in the comic kid yeah she's married to luke cage has a kid and all that stuff um but yeah squirrel girls or nanny is it squirrel girl It, it was for a while yeah, I say I, I, I want to I want to say it with someone else, but um, but yeah, and then there's the bit the friendship with, well, sort of friendship with uh Carol Danvers and uh Jessica Drew, and uh, yep. who we haven't seen yet. Um, but in the in the show, it's it's uh Patsy Walker. Yep. As becoming Hellcat, which is one of the things that I was very excited for, uh, in the trailer. She she does this. She's she's so perfect as Jessica Jones with the just like making fun of everything uh, of everybody else. Like she's just so pissed off at all the stuff. Like she talks about working with other superheroes, and basically she makes some snarky comments about defenders. If there is just like one thing an episode where she just talks shit about Iron Fist, I will be so happy. Just like put <laughs> Danny Rand in his fucking place every chance you get because. God, he is so fucking lame. He's so fucking lame in these shows. Yeah. That I would love. But, yeah. But the the uh, cast from the previous season, the, the guy who lived in her building, uh, looks to have more uh, depth than this. We see an introduction of a new potential villain. Uh, we see Carrie Moss come back as the lawyer working with her again and just trying to keep her on the straight and narrow to a certain degree. I liked all of it. It, it. It's it's easy to do more than the same of that first season because that first season was so good. Not perfect. There were there are definitely things that they could tighten up. But one of the strongest series in the Netflix bunch uh, so far. No, yeah, definitely. Um, sorry, I'm doing a little thing here because like I, I fell down the Wikipedia rabbit hole as we we're going through the Jessica Jones trailer. Um, the the Letitia Wright, who's playing Sherry, she has she is she has I, I far I don't know if and many other people who have this, she has had a movie come out for 2018 or will have 
for every month. She has nice. the commuter. She has a commuter in January, Black Panther February, uh, Ready Player One in March. She skips April, I believe, for and then in Avengers: Infinity War. So out of the first five months, she has four movies come out. In there, I don't know many people who have done that. It seems like something that a Nick Cage or a Kevin Bacon have done. Yeah, but it's 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 really cool. Um, because I saw 2018, 2018. I'm like, wait a minute, those she's in Ready Player One. Okay, cool. I'm gonna go watch that even more now. But anyways, because <laughs> I mean, these essentially these are four trailer or five trailers that we have talked about that I will watch. You know, I'll watch the movies for at some point. Um, whether it be you know opening weekend or you know wait a week because I didn't get paid or whatever and I didn't manage money right <laughs> or however that might be. Um. But I pass this off to you guys. What are you guys going to be watching? You know, let us know what trailers, what trailers or commercials do you love from the Super Bowl? You can let us know by sending us an, a mail. You know, send us an email at mail at com, And you can also leave us a voicemail at 805-328-3966. And you, you can subscribe to us over at gncast.com slash subscribe. And it's also where you go, you'll, you look on Facebook, you will find Galactic Netcast by searching for Galactic Netcasts, where you can find all the Galactic Network pro uh, stuff. And it's also where you can find the Twitter. And then you can find the show Twitter at Elsnerds. Um, you can follow our producers at Beatmaster80. Evan is at Mr. Underscore Fusion. Sean Burns is at S. Burns PA. And I can be found at that at that Gregor. Where and actually I'm gonna plug my Twitch because now that I have a computer that will actually do Twitch streaming, and once I figure out how to do Twitch streaming from the uh xbox i will probably be streaming on there when i'm not working so uh twitch.tv slash that gregor um is where you can find that and Corey, where can people find the comics of one levi strauss or kraus, kraus. every yeah, time I man i did it again <laughs> uh levi strauss you can find uh in your average macy's maybe a, a target uh but if you're looking for the comics of levi kraus hey, that best place to go would be donutscomics.com all right and the final thing to be said is this is benny don't tell glenn production we will see you next time or else we'll completely blow to the new segment again and talk about talk about
For more on this Galactic Network podcast, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.